Welcome to Stories of Hope. This is a podcast by the Dream Center where you will hear from people who have stories that once seemed hopeless. People whose stories of redemption and life transformation are so powerful they can only be possible by the power of Jesus. Hey everyone, my name is Tatum and I'm here with Joey. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. We are on the leadership team here at the Dream Center, and today we will be talking with Debbie Crawford. She is one of our Opportunity Village graduates, and now she serves as our assistant manager at our Easily Resale store. So hi, Debbie. Hi. We are so excited for today. So Debbie, why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and about your life growing up? Well, what I can remember, I don't remember a whole, mu- a whole bunch about my childhood, but what I can remember, it was all good. Can you expand on that a little bit? Well, see, I didn't grow up with my parents. I grew up with my grandparents. Okay, okay. So my dad was in the service and he traveled a lot, so I never seen them, hardly. Not until I got older. Okay, yeah. I know that you are an Opportunity Village graduate. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about your life and what brought you to Opportunity Village? Sure. Okay, so um, back in 2016, my ex-husband put me out on the street. I had a house. My parents had left me, but in the midst of all that, um, somehow they managed to steal the house from me and then forge my name, so I didn't have a house to go back to, so I was on the streets. So tell us a little bit about that. When you were on the street, what was that like? It was awful, because I never had, I'd never been without anything in my life, been without anything. I mean, anybody, I didn't have a house I didn't have nothing, literally nothing, but clothes on my back. Um, I stayed in a pasture. I found a house in a pasture, and I stayed in it, which was a shack, but, you know. And were you by yourself through all of this? You didn't have anybody that was staying with you mm. in that pasture field? No. Nope. So, Debbie, what led to you then entering into Option New Village? How did you begin the process of getting into this program? Okay, so during that time, I'd got a job at a temp service, and I started getting my life back together. And then this lady, okay, so the guy at the temp service, he was a member at this church, and he knew this lady who was a biblical counselor. So he gave me her number and told me to call her. And I'm like, you know, that wasn't me. I'm not going to do that. But then I did. And then she come and picked me up, you know, off the side of the road and, brought me to her house, and I stayed with her for a while until I got all my stuff together, and she helped me get a place to live in a car, and everything was going good. And then my son moved in with me, and then shortly after that, he got killed. That's when everything just went really, really crazy. I didn't care. I got on drugs. I wanted to die. I tried to kill myself. Is that the time in your life when you felt hopeless? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Could you expound on that a little bit about if there was somebody sitting out there and they're hearing your story and they feel hopeless what did that feel like in your life oh my word I don't know if you can describe that that feeling is like no other you know it's just like you're lost you know like it's it's dark it's like there's nothing absolutely nothing did you ever feel like you were going to be there and stuck trapped in that in that life? Kind of, sort of, in a way, but then in a way, no, because I would have ended it. I tried to end it, you know. I wasn't going to stay like that. Like I said, Connie helped me to get a house and a car. My son moved in with me. Then he um, was murdered. He was shot. 
I went off the deep end and stuff, and, you know, really nobody could do anything with me. I mean, I really didn't care. Connie, she knew Chris, so she called up. I didn't even know the Dream Center existed. But, you know, they was just trying to get me help because something had to be done or they was going to bury me. So they got me in here, and I fought it because I didn't want to come in here. And what was your time at the Dream Center in Opportunity Village like for you? What was that year-long program like for you? In the beginning, I did not like it. I wasn't used to people telling me what to do. Um, I didn't like people telling me what to do. I didn't trust people. I didn't like people. So it was really, really hard in the beginning. But it saved my life. So you would say that you were probably at your breaking point when you came into Opportunity Village. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, and I can, I'm, I'm sitting here processing and thinking about your story, and I was there when you came in. I was there through your journey. When I think about Debbie, I think someone who works very, very hard because I watched your life, and in, in our process of going through and just checking on things and making sure things were in order, you always did the things that you were asked to do uh, and above and beyond. And and so I saw that in your journey and of transformation. And so in that in that journey, what are some things that you learned about yourself? Okay, so that because I've never been one to commit to anything, but I never understood that or knew knew that I didn't up until this journey with the Dream Center. I didn't commit to anything. I didn't know God. I didn't nothing. I had not a clue, though I thought I did. I didn't. So what what are some things that you learned while you were here? To trust again, to believe that there's something out there that is bigger than us, you know, that there is a God, that he does exist, he will heal you, he forgives you. I mean, it's totally different. I'm totally different now than I was then. I mean, it's just unreal. And it sounds like all of this happened within the context of a relationship with Jesus. Oh, so yes, can you share a little bit about um, when you came to know Christ personally? So, like, I didn't know God. I thought I did. You know, I grew up with people talking about him, and I grew up going to church. But I had no idea who he was. None. And then when I came to Opportunity Village, I met Deanna. Me and her had so much in common. And I'm like, I can't believe that you used to be like I am, you know. And she said she was. And then she told me she found God. And she told me how to do it. So I started praying and reading the Bible. And I surrendered to him. He's totally changed my life, you know. He's put so many amazing people in my life to walk with me on these journeys. He just blows my mind every day, you know. I can laugh again. I cry a lot still, but I laugh a lot too, and that's good. The amazing thing is in our darkest and messiest points in life, the Lord puts people in our life if we just listen, and and then once we listen to him, those people begin to show us what the Lord is like. Yes. And and I know that that example that you saw in Deanna is um, very real. We've had her on the program, and, and she shared her testimony. 
Um, and so has that challenged you to be like Deanna to other people? Absolutely. How do you do that? Like, um, me and her talk about this stuff all the time. I mean, let's talk about it today, as a matter of fact. Like with my son's death, you know, it's hard to talk about, and especially to people that's never been through it. But working at the resale store, God has sent people in there that's lost kids, you know. And so I get it. I know where they're coming from. I know that pain. And so I pray with them. You know, I let them tell their story. And I give them hope. Is there a specific situation you can recall while working in the resale store of an individual that you were able to share the hope of the gospel with? Something maybe that stuck with you and really changed your viewpoint on life? Yeah. I still, as a matter of fact, we still talk. We're really good friends now. She came to work at the Dream Center last year. I wasn't there. Deanna said um, she hired this lady. She said, God just told her to hire this lady because she had lost a child. And she said, I need you to talk to her. And I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. But God put it on my heart to do that. So and God told me to write um, her scriptures and give them to her that morning, first morning I met her. So I did that, and she was real bitter and angry. And I got that, too, because I was, too, you know. So as t- talking to her, as time went on, I'm like, you know, you got to let all that go. You got to be able to, you got to forgive those people, not for them, but for you. And then she told me a few weeks ago that she finally forgave them all. And that, you know, she felt so much freer. Sitting here with you, our stories are different, but yet the same. I know that you lost your son. And uh, I lost my daughter. You had some time with your son, and I didn't have time with my daughter, but it's still the hole, mm. the gap is still there. Absolutely. And and so I understand when you're mentioning that we understand where people are coming from yeah. and the hurt, and, uh, and we can relate. Mm-hmm. And, man, what a joy it is to hear that you've been able to share uh, with that lady, yes. you know. And the forgiveness that God gives. And also you you spoke earlier to the life before Christ that you lived where you didn't want to commit to anything. Mm -hmm. And you didn't want to do the things you didn't want to do. And I just think that that speaks so highly to the transformation that we experience as Christ followers. That our old life before Christ was a certain way. But once we meet Jesus, our intentions and our heart's desires change to where we want to meet people where they're at. Um, and I just think that that points to the, like, I'm getting chills thinking yeah. about that because that points the, to the gospel very clearly um, that you are life changed and you do the things you don't want to do f- in your flesh, but you do them because God is calling you to do those things and you're being obedient to him. And it's funny how those people come to be a part of your life now. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, where the thing that you were running from the most, and I, I understand that running and being angry and, mm-hmm. and having questions and all that, but then it's like the Lord puts people there, and you're going, okay, I didn't ask for this, but thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And you can relate to those people. Yeah, absolutely. So let me ask you this. We've heard your story and where you're at in your, in your life now, and we're going to hear a little bit more about that, where you are right now. In our life, we remember a lot of the mess-ups, right? Mm-hmm. 
but let me ask you this. What are you proud of? Uh, the accomplishments maybe that you've had over the last few years. What you what what is what are you proud of? Commitment. Because that's something I've never done in my life is committed to anything. Not to, to my kids, not to my marriages, nothing. And now I can do that. I mean, I finally committed to joining the church. So, you know, I've never done that. What are you proud of when it comes to your professional life? Did you ever think that you would be working for the Dream Center as an Opportunity Village resident? No. No? I didn't. Were you ecstatic when you got to join the staff and be able to serve the ministry that you were under, I guess? I was, and I am. I mean, I love it. There's not a day go, goes by that I don't love getting up and going to work, you know, and meeting people and praying with them, and, I mean, we have fun. And it's become your mission field. It's become it the place that you get to minister to p- other people. Absolutely. And that's something that Deanna had mentioned as well, that, you know, the lady that you were so impacted by was Deanna in the whole process of you coming to know Jesus, and now you guys get a partner together. That's um, and I think that that's so sweet of the Lord and very kind of him to let you guys be able to do that together. That's really yeah. So working at the Dream Center, Debbie, you've and at the resale store, you got to talk to several people, and, and we've heard some of that of how um, you have been able to speak into the lives of other people. Mm-hmm. Well, there's no doubt that's probably somebody is listening to this very program today, and they're at that point, maybe where you were several years ago, and they're thinking it's hopeless. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you what encouragement would you give them? How, how would you talk to them if they're at that point of giving up? To pray, you know, because God listens, and he will heal you. You know, it takes time, but, I mean, he's real. I mean, I'm proof that he's real. So, Debbie, you are living in a new a new covenant with Jesus. You are in a relationship with him, and um, you're getting to experience all the joys of of following him. So what are you most excited for, for your future going forward? It's just being more and more like Jesus, you know, loving people. I mean, it's so different now, you know, compared to the way I used to be. How do you love people? What's different about that? I listen to people, you know, um, I do things for people. I pray for people, pray with people. You know, I just, I tell them about Jesus. Yeah, and I think that's very important um, in our lives uh, because when a lot of stuff has happened to us, we understand the stuff or the mess that's mm-hmm. in other people's lives when they come and right. and they ask for that help or they, they're, they're seeking out somebody to talk to. Just like you said, you understand, and I understand when somebody loses a child, mm-hmm. uh, we understand about mess because we've lived that yeah. mess. Um, and so somebody is out there, and and uh, they're hearing your story right now, and I I, ho- I hope that they're listening because there is encouragement in in what you're saying. Absolutely. Because we've never gone too far. No. And if we've never gone too far, I am so thankful that we have a Savior, as you've well said, that hears us when we call Amen. him. And so if you could talk to Debbie about three years ago, what would you say to her? Probably that I'm a better person than I used to be. I'm more understanding and compassionate. 
I care, and I love people unconditionally, and I'm proud of me and who I've become now because the old me was bad. Thankful for the change, aren't you, Debbie? Amen, yes. Well, I do want to say that we're so thankful uh, that you'd come, and I know this is difficult. Talking about some of those past things and things that the hurts, I know this, you know, the pain is real. But I appreciate you speaking with those that are listening and with us today and sharing that. And we're so honored to have you here and uh, to be able to see how God is transforming your life daily. Um, I did once, I thought this a second ago, uh, there's not a time that I've not come in that resale store. And I said, I need something. And you've not filled that need. Thank you. Yeah, I, I know that just the other day we needed something for some of our houses and and some things that we were doing. And you said, "I'll get with you." And it just just like a busy bee, <laughs> you were you were in the store and back and filling up my cart. And um, because you care, and I I, pre- I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Well, everyone, thank you so much for joining us today on Stories of Hope. We will see you next time. And remember, one person can't do everything, but every person can do something. Thanks for joining us today for Stories of Hope. For more information about the Dream Center, visit our website at dreamcenterpc.org. Additional resources related to today's episode can be found in our podcast show notes.